الجزيرة بودكاست Hi, Malika here. The Take is now a daily show. We're expanding your visa-free passport around the world. Catch our conversations on the global headlines every day, Monday to Friday. And be sure to hit the subscribe button right now to get us in your feed. Here's today's show. The only thing standing between potential Russian military conscripts and the war in Ukraine is an electronic message. Under current law, draft notices have to be delivered in paper and in person. But soon, it will be done with the click of a mouse. Russia's government has recently passed a law digitizing its draft process ahead of a planned spring offensive. There is speculation that Moscow is planning a second wave of troop mobilizations. Before, conscripts had to be approached in person in order to be drafted, leading to videos of attempted draft dodgers being dragged away in police cars. But now, a notice on a government portal could send conscripts to battle, making it much more difficult to avoid. It has a lot of Russians worried. I think electronic summons are a strange thing. You may not see this notification and have problems. I don't know how to fight this. For me, as someone of conscription age, this is bad. In our country right now, there are two options, either prison or war. So what does a digital draft mean for Russian conscripts? I'm Malika Pilal, and this is The Take. Today, I'm talking to an activist who's quite familiar with Russia's digital tendencies and what they mean for civil liberties. She's joining from the country of Georgia, from an office she shares with other Russian activists and journalists. It's where she can get the best internet connection. A little ironic for a story that's all about the long arm of the internet. My name is Maria Kuznetsova, and I'm spokesperson for Ovidinfo Human Rights Media Project. So welcome, Maria, to The Take. Thank you so much for being on. We are talking to you from Georgia, but you grew up in Siberia. Why did you end up outside of Russia? My city and, well, Siberia during 2000s was a really depressing place. I wanted kind of a better future for myself, so I decided to go to a university in Moscow to study international relations so that I can travel and just do something that was helpful for the world. But Maria also saw corruption and quickly became disillusioned with the Russian state. She went on to work with pro-democracy movements. Eventually, one of her political heroes was arrested, the opposition leader, Alexei Navalny. The leading critic of the Kremlin, Alexei Navalny, has been detained by police. Navalny leads an anti-corruption foundation that claims President Putin has illegally acquired a fortune worth billions of dollars. Maria and the people she worked with faced repression as well. We had a lot of police searches, interrogations, and later on my ex-boss was arrested and he's still in prison on the charges of leading an undesirable organization. Mm. We basically, during 2021, felt that something big was coming up. 
We didn't expect that it would be a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. So all of that was the reason I decided to emigrate to Georgia, at least for a period of time. But I didn't know at the time that it would be, well, probably for many years. So, Maria, we're talking today because of a new law in Russia that is digitizing the draft process. Now, before this law, a conscript had to be approached in person to be drafted, and that is now changing. What does the draft process look like now? Before this law, to be drafted to the army, a person from an enlistment services should have approached you personally. They couldn't actually mail it if they mailed it with the wrong date and they just didn't give it to you. Like, in person, you could go to the court and say, look, they uh, did it wrongly, I wouldn't go anywhere, and it worked in most cases. Now the situation is changing drastically. Soon the orders will be delivered electronically through this well-used government portal, which citizens log on to to do things like pay taxes or renew a driver's license. Russia is a really digitalized country. Mostly any person has a website, uh, a government website that is called Gosuslugi, where you can get most of uh, governmental services online. You can make an appointment with a doctor, you can uh, sign up for a new passport, for a new school for your child, things like that. And it's really convenient, it works really well, so people use it. Do you use that website? I did. Yeah, I did. Well, you know, it's just really difficult to call all of your hospitals when you need to make an appointment and things like that, but the website is a much easier way to do that. That's where they can now decide to send these electronic uh, papers for mobilization. What's even more interesting, now this website prohibits you to delete your account so you cannot now unsubscribe from this digitalization. Wow. And what's even more interesting is that they just send it to you, but you are not obliged to read it. And you're saying that as long as it's been delivered electronically, you have been served. And to be clear, this isn't getting delivered to your spam folder in your email. These draft notices are being delivered via a state services website portal that people use already. Right. So all of the things you were describing sound like they might be at stake then. If you go to make a doctor's appointment, you will see your draft notice. You can't really ignore it. What happens if you try? So they also have a lot of innovations on what is prohibited. Men will have 20 days to report to their local enlistment offices in their region. If they don't, there will be severe penalties. If you do not go to the mobilization office, 20 days after your notice, you would be prohibited to take any credit in any Russian bank. You would not be able to sell your property. Also, you won't be able to drive an automobile that you own. And Russia has a lot of smart cameras that can recognize the number of a car, and you will probably be stopped by the police at this point. 
The most important thing here is that you won't be able to leave Russia because they will have the same database with the border police that will say, look, you have a mobilization notice and you need to go to them. So you're not able to leave the country. So the government has said that this law is necessary to fix an antiquated military drive in the midst of war. Here is Valentina Matvienka, Speaker of Russia's Parliament's Upper House. All this must be explained to citizens in common, not legal language. Do not give in to these provocations that are being circulated. Don't scare people. Young people should use these new electronic formats and portals. This will make their lives easier. So this will make their lives easier. Maria, how much of this is about making processes easier? And how much of this is about having more control? It's definitely making processes easier for the government to control all of that. Uh, Russia is really digitalized, as I have mentioned, and I guess many people in Europe or in the U.S. do not understand it. Um, For example, I've already mentioned the website where you can get uh, all of the services you need. But also, Russia has a really developed system of face recognition cameras. Basically, in Moscow, most of the cameras can recognize your face, and it works really well. Moscow already has over 200,000 facial recognition cameras. Not many people are aware that their biometric data Images, body measurements, and other characteristics are being captured real-time and transmitted to police monitors. Within moments, a person's identity can be determined and his place of residence. So, we know that the government has a few databases of political activists. And on important days for the government, when they do not want any opposition political activity, they just turn on all of these cameras to recognize political activists and they're being detained in Matra. It happens every year on the Victory Day. Uh, it's the 9th of May, basically the day when Russia celebrates the win in the Second World War. Also, it works on the Russian Day, on the day of Russian independence, uh, though it's, well, not really clear from whom Russia got its independence, but still we have this holiday. On these kind of days, every political activist knows they should not go to Metro, otherwise they will be detained. These people just did not commit any crimes, they are not like in a federal wanted list or things like that. It actually happened to me, I guess, because I was not registered in my place and I didn't publish my address anywhere. I didn't give it to the government, but still I had the police search in my house. So probably it was also the way how they found me. Why explaining all of that? Because they have extensive use of this kind of system on political activists. It's probably that they will start to do it with mobilization if they need it. But um, I wonder, Maria, if it is so easy for them to find people they want to find, Why then the push to digitize the draft? And why do you think that this law is coming right now? Well, first of all, um, there were a lot of protests during the first wave of mobilization when it happened in September, because the government basically grabbed everyone 
uh, in a short period of time. Officially, authorities have called up 300,000 men with military experience. But critics say the draft is more universal and arbitrary, especially in provincial regions. Men without basic training are scared of being drafted. It's just much more difficult for them to recruit new soldiers. And that's, I guess, a way for them to recruit them. Uh, but it's also, databases are really outdated. For example, one, um, this mobilization paper came to people who died like years ago. Mm. So the databases uh, in regional offices are very bad. Probably the central government they just have much better data, and that's why they decided to do it. More on what else the Russian government learned from its last mobilization after the break. I'm Kevin Hurton, host of our documentary podcast, Al Jazeera Investigates. We've got a new series called Gold Mafia, where we expose some of the biggest smugglers and money launderers in Africa. Look for a new episode wherever you get your podcasts. Russian officials have been using the term modernization to explain why they're taking the country's draft system digital. Here's Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov speaking to reporters at a news briefing. When the special military operation began, you and I saw that in some places we had a real mess in the military recruitment offices. That is exactly the purpose of this legislative initiative, to clear up this mess and to make the system modern, effective and convenient for citizens. The real mess he's referring to here is that mobilization that took place back in September. Russians are saying goodbye to their sons as they head off to war. Draft orders have gone out all over the country. Hand-delivered summons to report for duty, often within hours. It was a PR nightmare for the Russian government. Russians abandoning their homeland. Russian President Vladimir Putin's order to conscript men to fight in his war in Ukraine has created an exodus of Russian draft dodgers. At the time, we heard from Russians who were fleeing their country over their fears of the draft. Andrei, a former editor for Russian state media, was one of them. The decision was difficult because I left my wife there, I left my flat there, I left my car, I left my cat, I left my parents, and uh, I, just, I just left the country where I wanted to work and where I wanted to improve and uh, where I wanted to be. So. Maria, has the conversation around military conscription changed since then? I guess it's really difficult to understand very well what's happening inside Russia now. I guess the reason is that we have not seen any real consequences just yet. Um, because in September, when mobilization started, the police and uh, enlistment services started to grab people immediately, and that's why people just saw the consequences and acted on them. But now, because they, they have this 20-day window when you need to go to the enlistment service, you know, it takes time for anyone to be prohibited to leave the country or, you know, arrested. The, the property would be arrested, things like that. 
uh, probably we'll see some consequences in a month or so. That's part of why Maria thinks going digital appealed to the government beyond just modernization. September was such a huge shock for many ordinary Russians when the government suddenly said, look, we need people, we need to... We need your body to go to the war and die there or kill Ukrainians. A lot of people just didn't want to do that. A gunman opened fire in a draft office in Siberia today. A young man opens fire, reportedly upset that his best friend had been called up to fight. The government sees protests in September, and especially in faraway regions like Dagestan and Yakutia, as a big mistake they made. And they had kind of bad picture because everyone was filming how um, dozens and hundreds of men are being taken from one place uh, to the war and how this place is abandoned now. They definitely do not want to repeat this kind of bad images because Russian state is still very uh, dependent on propaganda and they just don't want that foreigners publish this kind of picture. So that's why they need electronic drafts and kind of, you know, uh, space out taken of people. And that's actually why they prohibited any big protest. They are kind of okay with people protesting in small groups because you, again, cannot have a good picture to publish. Okay, so final question for you. This electronic draft has made it into the headlines around the world. But from what you've been describing, it sounds like this digital infrastructure has already existed in Russia for a long time now. Yeah. So then what do you think people outside of Russia, without experience with these systems, should know about what's happening? First of all, people should understand the amount of pressure that exists inside Russia. It can be easily seen that we do not have big protests now inside the country. Uh, First of all, it's not true. We have a lot of protests going on, but it's mostly one person or a few people protest because it's just considered to be much safer um, by Russians. It's just not a beautiful picture with a beautiful big crowd that you can like take and then send to international media. And second, we have a lot of repression dealing with um, anything you post on the internet, like tweets, Instagram, Facebook, things like that. Also, some cases like talking on the street and someone overheard your conversation and called police. So the tentacles of this run deep. Are you afraid for yourself? Are you planning to go back to Russia at any time? I don't. I don't plan to go to Russia because I publicly talk to a lot of media, even saying the world war now is prohibited. And as you can imagine, even in our conversation, uh, things that I just said um, can give me many years in prison. So I don't plan to go anytime soon. 
But we do have a lot of people from our team for inside Russia, but for public work and especially working with foreign journalists, it's better to have someone who is not inside the country. It's just really dangerous even talking to foreigners in a way. And that's The Take. We'll be back on Tuesday. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliay, Sonia Bagat, and Khaled Sultan, with Miranda Lynn, Chloe K. Lee, Ashish Malhotra, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Adam Abugad and Monira Al-Dusadi are our engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio.